The following podcast occasionally contains sweary language and mature conversation. Hello and welcome to NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. We're going to start the show proper in a second, but before we do that, just a couple of pieces of housekeeping to help with your enjoyment of the show. Our show is distributed by Acast, which is a wonderful distribution company. We really love them. Um, And one of the ways in which you can hear the show is on their app. And if you are doing that, that means you'll get all of the links and pictures related to the content that we're talking about today. However, one of the reasons that we're able to do this for free is because of the sponsorship and advertising that uh, ACAST have arranged for us. So you may hear some commercials and you may hear some sponsored messages and things like that. Please, by paying with a little bit of your time and attention for those, that's what allows us to do the show for free. And now that we've got that done, um, let's go to the show proper. It's the new voices of science fiction. Let's start the show with Clive and Jules. Here we go with cyberpunk and steampunk, robots and more. It's the graphic novels, books and movies that you're looking for. It's the new voices of science fiction. Thank you for tuning in. So, uh, here we are, episode two of NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. Um, I've got a pretty good show for you today. Um, it's uh, me, Clive, and my brother, Jules. Hello. Um, hello. Uh, if, you ha- if, you, if this is your first episode in, we are a couple of uh, middle-aged um, slackers and media hobos who talk bollocks about stuff that we've googled about science fiction and interesting <laughs> stuff that we've found that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's such a good description no it's it is just, it's too bright we're also related we're also brothers. yeah yeah and we're also both dyslexic um it's two brothers talking about like sci-fi and other film stuff and other unrelated stuff they've found in the last week with each other basically yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much how, how this goes. And it, it's, like, this is the second show. Um, mm-hmm. um, so if, you, if, if you, this is your first thing, by all means, like, come and listen to the show, but go back and listen to the first one because that was a really good show. We did loads of good stuff in that. Um, Brian Singer's H+, and Welcome to Night Vale. Dead interesting stuff. But this one, okay, because we've been doing this show, um, I decided to kind of um, get back into comic books in a big way because, right, okay, I'm 54 now. How old are you? Mm. I'm 44. Yeah, yeah, 10 years difference, but, you know, he's the younger, better-looking one. I'm the older, can spell slightly well, better one. one. Yeah, I know, okay, that's fair enough. I'm, I'm not going to argue that. You're definitely the better-looking of the two of us. Um, but I've had more wives. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the best you could come up with? Do you know what it genuinely was? <laughs> I could hear the cogs turning. Oh my god! Oh, oh I love that. Well, love no, that. I, no. Well, I could have gone. I've got more IMDb references. No, I prefer. I've had uh-uh. more wives. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> I've got more international awards for writing. Uh-uh. Uh. Anyway, look, anyway, so anyway, 
in the 1980s and the 1990s, when I was like, well, I was a mad, mad, full-on comic collector, as you well know, because you ended up getting my collection, didn't you? I gave it to yes. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, um, I was like in comic shops like two or three times a week. I was buying stuff. I was buying graphic novels. I was right into. It. I was what you would. I was the kind of person you know, like comic collectors who are over-invested in the characters. Yes. Right, so um, uh, and the example of what I used to be like in the 80s and 90s is um, there used to be a, a comic shop called Time Slip in a porter cabin in Newcastle in northern England, which eventually got bought up by Forbidden Planet and turned into a Forbidden Planet in a proper kind of shop. It still exists. In fact, a lot of the people who worked in there still work in the one in Newcastle. Proper, hardcore, old-school comic shop geeks. Proper big. But I... <laughs> In the sometime in the 1990s or late 80s or night, so it's all it's all a bit of a blur around there. Um, I went in to buy comics. I went up to the counter to buy my regular put to one side comics, and the first thing out of my mouth was, "I am really worried about Captain America," <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't being ironic. Did you say it in a proper, like, um, Kevin and Perry? Um, it was, yeah, yeah, excuse, yeah. Excuse me, mister. <laughs> yeah, I'm it, really worried about Captain America. Yeah, yeah, And this was a period of my life when I used to wear, like, a leather biker's jacket. And I had painted in acrylics on the back of my jo- uh, thing myself a picture of Wolverine with his kind of, like, um, claws out. I was that kind of comic fan. That's really weird, because I never knew that until just then. And when I was probably 16, I used to have a leather jacket painted on acrylics, um, Hooligan from Hooligan's Haircut. Oh, the Jamie Hewlett thing, which is, like, one of my favourite graphic novels of all time. Oh, it's... it's, Yeah. We we could literally do a whole podcast on Jamie Hewlett. Um, Elit and Milligan, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, My just boys. amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. So, like, and then kind of I, I sort of uh, got involved in other things. I got involved in filmmaking, got involved in whole loads of other stuff. And I, I just, you know, you kind of fall out of the habit of sort of doing something. So I wasn't going to comic shops. Oh, yeah, and then I was yeah. living in Italy for four years. And, there, I, you know, da, 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 da. I mean, I have still bought weird comics. I mean, last time I went to France, I bought a graphic novel in French about we'll probably talk about that at some other episode maybe not this episode like called uh, Le, Le Dernier Série Avant Le Fin de Le Monde like the last series about the end of the world which is this kind of weird um, French web series which also has a graphic novel that you know so I was still buying odd stuff and you know however I wasn't going regularly into British comic shops and like yeah. staying like in the mainstream of it. But since we started doing this, I've kind of thought, oh yeah, this let's. So how how this came about? I me going back to a comic shop after a thing. I <laughs> you are going to take the piss out of me for this so much. I was putting a video installation into a hipster cafe. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ask you, or were you just like? You know, I no, no, I volunteered to do was this. Was it one. happening? It, no, 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 no. What happened is, is like there's this really nice cafe in Durham, uh, in the north of England, where I live. Um, really nice, and it's got this window that looks onto the cathedral. And they're having to move premises because the place that they they're shopping is like moving premises. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a cafe called Velvet Elvis. So I, I love it. it's my favourite cafe in the world. 
Um, and this view, there's a table in front of that view where myself and my wife always sit when we go there for a coffee and we kind of know the owners because we've been there right from the beginning. But it's like in Durham, it's the closest you get to a hipster cafe because all the really trendy students from the university go there and it's kind of like, you know, mismatched tables and it's like run, the students are the staff and it's just kind of quite groovy and they've got a record player you can go and put records. It's a really nice cafe. Um, and it seemed a pity when they were moving to this new venue that they were going to lose this view and the owner was talking about that and I, and I said to her oh I can I can recreate that for you using 3D projection mapping <laughs> as you do <laughs> yeah. so I went down so anyway, I was demoing because she'd never seen anything like this. I was—I actually went down and filmed the windows on a, po- a pocket black magic cinema camera, in, you know, da, 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 and then sort of put it through. Um, what was I using? Uh, oh, Mad Mapper. No, it wasn't. I was using VP VP six seven. Now this is too geeky for this. Yeah, yeah this has yeah, gone is, on to a this tangent. This is a no- whole other podcast. This is a whole other podcast. Um, but basically, I threw it onto the wall, so I was recreating the window using a projector. And so they replayed on a loop. Da, da, da. So I was doing this. But as I was coming out with my little kind of like um, uh, suitcase on wheels and my hipster leather bag of joy. And my, yeah, and I had my leather hipster bag of Mac. <laughs> as I was doing that, I saw like, you know, a bicycle with something um, a cable tied to it. And it said, mm. oh, I'm not going to know the name of the cafe, but like basically Geek Cafe, uh, Cafe Plus Comics. And I thought, all oh, right, okay, that's it. Now, I when did geek cafes become a thing? Well, I I live in the arse end of Cornwall, so they're not a thing here. Okay, well they are a thing. But I'm aware here. of them. <laughs> I have found I found two in the in the last couple of weeks, like one in Newcastle, like one in Durham. And what it, the idea of it is is it's a cafe like a traditional British cafe that sells like coffee and bacon sandwiches. Mm. Obviously, not just like you know you don't just go in and buy bacon. Um, and comics, so it yeah, does like yeah. two of my favourite so things it's, it's in the world. I mean, that's a very American ideal. So I mean, you know, uh, what's the film? Kickass. Yeah, Kickass. A lot of the films based in a kind of cool diner where all the kids go and buy their comics on a Saturday and sit down and drink milkshakes and Fonzie kicks something. Yeah, that's no, Kickass. And I'm going to do but, this like oh, it wasn't like this when I was a kid. Like when I used to collect comics in the 80s and 90s, you used to have to go to a porter cabin and talk to a man with a <laughs> ponytail. <laughs> Things were definitely different. Things are kind of. Let's just say that like (laughs) things have moved on. You know, you know what it's like if you haven't, you know, haven't read kind of come. You lose touch with what's going on in in the scene. And so I went in and I do the thing that I normally do is I'll I'll go and find the old wise comic seller and say, look, what's cool. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me what's cool and independent at the moment. Like the over, da, 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 you, da. you're looking for the overweight guy with a goatee beard, a ponytail, and a really obscure t-shirt with a ketchup stain on it. What you mean, like your t-shirts? Yeah, like me. Maybe. Like you. Yeah, if you worked in a comic <laughs> shop, I would come talk to you. <laughs> you look like a safe pair of hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I went in there me. looking for that, and I, so I went up to the counter where they sell the bacon, and so. <laughs> Oh yeah, what's good in independent comics at the moment? And they they rolled out this eleven-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> um, who 
and it was like a really bizarre conversation about in which I said to him, what's new and good and independent? And he said, have you tried Archie versus Predator? (laughs) 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 And it's like... It sounds amazing. No, 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 it does exist as well. It sounds amazing. But no, and it's like my brain just went, what the fuck? Wait a minute, I'm going to you... Google. I'm going to Google. Carry on. No, no, you Google it. Okay, right, because it, this kind of goes on. And I haven't... I've been thinking about this ever since I went down. I did end up buying some cool comics, by the way, and we are going to talk about those in a second. Um, but the... Uh, I realised that, that there was a Star Wars analogy that was, like, in play, and I don't do these very often. But you know um, when uh, Luke Skywalker first meets Yoda... Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I've just got a picture of Archie versus Predator up on Google. How funny is that? It looks hilarious. It does look hilarious, but it wasn't like... He didn't quite read me because what I was looking for was like a comic that was so obscure. <laughs> on the front of this comic, it, sorry, on the front of this comic, it says, more victims, more mutilation, more milkshakes. <laughs> But but that wasn't what I was looking for. I was looking for the you know I was looking for the you know the comic that you find cool, arty, arty, well written, like freaky comments that nobody else is into, so that I could be the coolest comic collector in all of Durham again. Do you know what I mean? I wanted (laughs) that. You know what I'm like. You know what I'm like with this stuff. How fucking pretentious I am around anything. So. You wanted pro- you needed a proper wanky comic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, wanky to Which the... Which is not something to go in and ask for a shop. Excuse me, have you got any wanky comics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not, I mean, not in the... T- copy you know. of Big Boobs Monthly or something. Yeah, yeah. No, no, not that. What I was looking for was, like, like arty obscurity. Yeah. Rather than... than Oh, uber ironic Archie versus Predator. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he misread me. But going back to the Yoda thing, right? Yeah. You see, I'm, I know, unlike because you're massive on your Star Wars, and and I get that, and I never really have been in the way that you are. It's yeah, to me, they're just the, films, you know. So I'm, is the, I think I, it's a, it's a, it's a thing. generational thing because yeah. I'm, and also I'm a big kind of close encounters person, and because of like sort of writer and filmmaker, I just think. From a production, let's not have that conversation because that one just goes on for hours and hours and hours and <laughs> hours and hours, and we never get anywhere with it. But there's, you know, the scene where, like, um, uh, where Luke Skywalker first meets Yoda, and Yoda acts like he's batshit crazy. Yeah. Right. And it's and every and it's always been a kind of a weird scene, and I've never really understood that scene because then he turns into, mm, yes, um, bad Yoda and pushing, yes. Um, uh, Jedi, I am, and all of that kind of like nonsense. He becomes well done. this. We've managed. We've managed to get to episode two, and you're doing your impression. Yeah, no, I know, I know. But there's well a re- but there is a good reason for this one because. Yeah, but before that, he acts like he's absolutely off his tits on something. No, he runs around throwing shit and behaving like a loon. And I've never got that scene. And I was oh, it was a mistaken scene until I stood in a comic shop. <laughs> In that Durham, smells of bacon. Right, that smelled of bacon. Right, um, looking at the t-shirts on a rack, thinking, I wonder if they smell of bacon. But like having this kid, to, and that, I just thought, at this moment, I am Yoda. Yeah, I know exactly why Yoda was going batshit crazy because he must have looked at Luke Skywalker, who'd been a Jedi for about what fourteen seconds at that point. 
And what? How old is Yoda at that point? He's like ten thousand years old or something. Like he's, he's like yeah, really he's, cracking on a bit. He's had a lot of adventures in life and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's now hiding in a swamp. Life is. He does so saga good. holidays. Yeah, yeah. He's he is like in his saga holidays year. Uh, and and I kind of went a bit Yoda in the sense that I went, I unhinged at how young this guy was in comparison to me. What to his face? No, no, just in my head. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah, no. There was, like, it was really difficult to get a dialogue going. <laughs> I just got a picture of you losing your shit. <laughs> yeah, just like throwing fucking <laughs> bacon around a geek cafe. And, and don't get me wrong, they were lovely in this cafe, and I will definitely go back there again, although I'm probably barred now. <laughs> um, and I did end up buying comics, and I did end up buying cool comics. But he was pointing to the Archie and Predator ones, and then there was one a couple of things down that looked like a Clive comic. And yeah, that's yeah. the one I want to talk about. Yeah. So, Intersect by Ray Fawkes. Okay. Um, and Ray Fawkes was, um, was one of the writers on Constantine when it, DC took over from Vertigo. You know, when Hellblazer became Constantine. You say when Hellblazer became Constantine, yeah. Yeah, so when it left Vertigo and it went over to uh, DC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he worked on that. So he's got a good pedigree as an artist. But Intersect is, well, it's definitely my kind of comic. First thing, the artwork, I've never, I've never seen anything quite like it in a comic book. I tell a lie, I have, there, there's a, a Electra graphic novel which has got bits in it which are a bit like this. But it's all done in kind of watercolours and pastels. Um, yeah. And there are no kind of proper frames in it. And the basic storyline is that some kind of... Hold on, I'm going to have to open it up and kind of read this bit. Um, let's see. Uh a horrifying metamorphosis has taken hold in the population of a city. Nobody seems to know why they are changing. There are people changing into animals or other people or merging with the landscape around them. And then this is the story of, like, two people who uh, are inhabiting the same body. Yeah. Um, and various other kind of things. So it's kind of like a... So it looks amazing. It's really kind of one of the most gorgeous kind of comic books I think I've I've ever kind of found. And I'm just gonna like I'm gonna hold it up to look because we're doing this via webcam uh, via sort of uh, like a sort of like I'm just gonna hold it up so you can have a little look at. It. I'm just holding it up to the webcam. Obviously on the podcast, if you're listening, nice. naked, yeah. yeah, it's like pretty. I'm, isn't I'm it? also looking at the website, so I'm. Yeah, yeah. Looking at some of these prints. Stuff. We will link out to all of this stuff, and obviously, if you're listening on Acast, you'll be seeing like pictures of what I'm holding up and uh, links out to the thing, so you can find it. So, so you can have a look yourself. So it's really oh, also, pretty. He did stuff on the Wicked and the Divine as well. Oh, did he do? Oh, we're going to talk. Well, I think that probably we're crop up. We're definitely going to talk about that later when we move on to the next thing because there's a lot of comic talk in, in comic book talk in, in this one. I'll show, you, I'll show you another set of panels here, like a kind of pen and ink kind of thing going on with a sort of like pink wash over it. It's really, really gorgeous. Yeah, on his, on his website, he's got um, a set of prints. Oh, has um, it? Ooh, are they, are they limited edition collectibles? Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, Wicked, yeah, uh, inspired by the Wicked and the Divine. Oh, Very awesome. Good. So, like, he's a really cool guy anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing really great stuff. But this one here is, it seems to be something about like, um, like uh, metamorphosis. Uh-huh. 
like a so like a kind of Kafkaesque thing, <laughs> where where people are sort of changing into insects and stuff like that. But it's like it is the actual the writing of it is batshit crazy. Yeah, yeah. like it's really difficult to even for me. Turning into insects or William Burroughs style or. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, that whole kind of thing. It's very, it's very kind of trippy in lots of respects, and the writing is um, sort of. It's really, really difficult to follow. I mean, I picked up issue four, and at the end of it, I wasn't sure what I'd read, but I really enjoyed the journey. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, like, exactly my kind of comic. Right out there, properly weird. Da 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 da. Like really like that. Um, so if you like your comics arty and weird with nice pastel and watercolor kind of things, definitely worth checking out. Or or if you're the kind of person who waits for it to come out, I'm hoping that uh, it's it's an image comic. I'm kind of hoping that they'll, they'll, they'll do a trade on it. Yeah, they'll they? do a trade on it because that might be the best way to do it. I kind of feel like it's the kind of thing that you need to do in one lump rather than individual issues. Although image will hate me for saying that. Oh, the other depends, thing, we're just talking about this today because like I'm, I'm getting my girlfriend into comics because again, she, um, my girlfriend's Latvian, so yeah, yeah. She, when she was brought up, they didn't have comics um, when they were growing no, up. And just when, amusing potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, when they did get comics, they got kind of Mickey Mouse comics, you know. So, yeah, yeah. She always thought that graphic novels and comics and stuff like that were like stupid mice jumping around. I like stupid um, mice jumping around, providing they're yeah, arty good. stupid mice that yeah, then turn into zombies. What, yeah, but it's really hard to explain why you spend so much of your time reading comics to yeah. somebody that doesn't understand what comics are. So I got her into comics and we went to the comic shop this week and um, picked out some stuff and it's really interesting trying to work out how what what's a good gateway comic yeah to get somebody into comics and i was explained to her is um and we'll probably talk about later when i talk about something else we'll talk about what comics no 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 let's no we can talk about what's a good gateway comic i'm good with that because i would i mean if i was to get my wife into comics which i haven't yet i would probably have gone with something like heartbreak soup or one of the kind of you know one of those kind of things or um ghost world or something like that one of those kind of female sort of protagonist touchy feely kind of nicely drawn kind of interesting well, it's quite interested yeah yeah i mean that's kind of where we went it up i wouldn't up just going. i wouldn't slap a, a, a cloth a copy of arkham asylum on her and to go watch that like <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do that but yeah I'm, so yeah. what did what what conclusion did you come to where did you go well in in my head before we entered the comic shop i uh, to start with, I'm a massive, massive Alan Moore fan. So you've been back to the comic shop. Now, how, when was the last time you were in a comic shop before going out to do this? I kind of drift in a couple of times a year. Oh, and, right, like, okay. And stroke everything and smell everything. Oh, yeah, I like to do that as well. I, I like don't to... buy a lot. Yeah. Um, and, um, Did any of it smell of bacon? No, it didn't. It's, oh. it, no, I'd hate a comic shop that smell of bacon. It's got, it's got a smell of print. Yeah, no. I, well, I really like bacon. Anyway, so we, it's got a smell of print and teenage body odor mixed together. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a comic book stores. Yeah, yeah. No. Except for now, they don't. Now they're all really clean and lovely, and they're full of toys. Yeah, they're like they're like they're like, they're like they're like shops these days that sell yeah. stuff. 
Well, I used to go in and it used to be just rows. We're doing that. We're doing that. I, I remember when comic shops, you used to have to climb over broken glass to get in. And then... No, it just used to be lots of lots of comics in rows, in boxes, like vinyl. Like I, I collect vinyl as uh, well. And I like the, old uh, record the... shops where you go in and it's just boxes of vinyl that you sift through and nobody speaks to each other because you're all... Digging for that one thing. When I when I went to uh, when I went to France last year, when I went to Nice on my holidays, um, I found that the French comic shops like a lot of those are still like that. It's great. I had it's a great. Co- I had like a- comic book. Well, the one I went to in Plymouth um, this week isn't at all like that. It's, it's it's amazing, really good, really friendly, and but it's it's a toy shop. Yeah, it's just like. Hundreds and hundreds of like tiny figures, plastic figures, and people out there probably do collect and uh, yeah. are really into that. Yeah, no, no, that's okay, but that's never really been our thing, has it? No, I mean I've always had stuff, little bits like that. Yeah, about, yeah, but, like nice robot prints and stuff like that. I yeah, like my robots. It's not, it's you know, it's anyway. Anyway, that's a different conversation. So, so gateway, um, gateway I, comics head, for, gir- head, for girlfriends. Yeah, in my head, I I was like, oh man, if, if I was going to be introduced to comics, what would be the f- greatest first thing to read? And it would be like, oh, Alan Moore, V for Vendetta, of course, because it's such a, you know, massive changing in, in my mental state. Um, but once we got there and we spoke to the comic book guy, who was an old school comic book yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. He was very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. I, nice love comics, I love comics. I love comics book guys. We started talking about... Um, a lot of independent, how independence really strong at the moment. Yeah, and as well as much as I like superhero comics, mm-hmm. um, I always read a lot of independent comics as well. Mm-hmm. But I knew that um, superhero comics wasn't for for Rita, my girlfriend. Um, and it probably this actually probably brings me on to the thing. The next thing I wanted to talk about, and then we'll kind of come back round, is um, the thing I wanted to talk about this week was is a podcast by a guy called Scroobius Pip. It's called Distraction Okay, that's Pieces. a bizarre segue. segue. So we're in a, we yeah, from... It'll make sense. Okay, no, okay, get me that. But, I mean, yes, I mean, good. Bring, bring that in, then. Okay, so um, the thing I want to talk about is Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. Scroobius Pip is a... He's a poet, spoken word poet. He's a... Um, Music artist, hip hop artist. Um, he had a track, like really famously, a few years ago. He's an actor called... now as well. He's been doing um, a TV thing. He's uh, filming a TV thing with Kurt Sutter, who did um, Sons of Anarchy in The Shield. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did a track. He got a really famous track a few years ago called "Thou Shall Always Kill." Um, where, if you don't know it, go and check it out, we have a link, but most people will know it, where famously in the middle of it, he's like, you know, The Clash were just a band, The Beatles were just a band, and keeps repeating that with lots of different bands. Very good. Um, But he he started a podcast as well, quite a while ago. Okay. But he talks talks to lots of different people. So, um, some music industry guys who are really interesting. So he's got, he did a, a... an amazing podcast with like a, a metal guy called Frank Carter, who used to be the front man for the Gallows, which is if you like your metal music, was absolutely incredible. Um, he's got his own record label called Speech Development Records. Okay, this is all sounding um, quite musicy at the moment, and we were yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about well, comics. Well, yeah, it's going to okay, get back okay. around there. It's going to get back around there. Um, 
and then he speaks to he's really into his wrestling so he speaks about um mixed martial arts um fighting ultimate cage fighting and stuff but the one thing he does talk about is he's quite geeky and he talks a lot of comic book yeah no and okay so you introduced me to scroobius pip yeah, yeah, as a podcast. Because after we did the, uh, after we, because you introduced me to Welcome to Night Vale, which we talked about in the last episode. And then mm. one of the other things that you sort of banged on about quite a lot was Scribius Pit. And I thought, yeah, I'll yeah. give that a go as well. And I mean, like you, I got really hooked in really fast. I mean, the stuff that you got hooked in by the music stuff, I know. For me, it was kind of a lot of the stand up comedy stuff. And then, like, you know, the thing about Scribius Pip's podcast is that. I think the thing that makes it A is he is a lovely bloke. Yeah, yeah he yeah. is the most interesting. You you could actually just listen to him talk about stuff, um, and he's interested in loads of stuff. He's interested in his music. He's interested in sort of politics. He's interested in comedy. He's really really in, into his films. He runs like a film night in London where he just like shows films and then they talk about them. Um, but the other thing that he's really big in, as you said, is like his comic books. And he, he's got access to, to just the best guests. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And the thing that blew me away with this, and actually this also fed into like one of the reasons I've been scurrying back into comic shops as well and why I've been like, like hammering the credit card on Amazon, mm-hmm. is um, because if you go through his podcast, because obviously you could start at the beginning and just go all the way through, which would be an amazing experience. He's up to, he's getting close to 100 now, isn't he, podcast? Yeah, he's at 80, 80. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's getting up there. But mm-hmm. the ones that kind of like, which are the most science fiction, which are really anybody who's into comic books or comics or has ever been into any kind of sci-fi at all, right, he has done interviews with Alan Moore, which is, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who knows Alan Moore knows that that's a really rare occur- occurrence to get, like, an hour-long interview with Alan Moore about what he does. Um, and it's it's the way, it's not really, it is an interview, but it's, it's an hour-long conversation. It's a conversation, yeah. It's a, between two, two people with similar kind of mindsets. I mean, which if, is you, you don't see with Alan Moore interviews. It's usually some. It's like Newsnight and or yeah. something like that interview. I mean, it's always they always ask him the wrong questions. Yeah, and what's <laughs> what's interesting about this, like, it is just the conversation that you would want to have with Alan Moore if you could have a conversation with Alan Moore. I mean, it mm-hmm. takes so many of uh, 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 my boxes. But he's done the same with uh, with uh, Garth, Garth Ennis, Ennis, who did like Preacher. And um, the boys and, you know, like just this amazing kind of uh, run of uh, stuff. And also um, people that I was unfamiliar with until just recent, like uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Who... Which brings me back to the comic book store. Oh, OK, cool. <laughs> OK, so, oh, so, so we did get listen... back here, yeah. After listening, to... I told you it would come back right Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yeah, all good. So um, after listening to that... Um, I was really excited to go back to uh, a comic book store and it was a good opportunity to take my girlfriend and we went in and uh, the guy at my local comic book store was really good. Chatted to him and I went there for me because I wanted to pick up Uber um, and at the same time wanted to introduce my girlfriend's comics. And the comic book guy, we had a really long conversation about how the state of independent comics in at the moment is just on a massive rise yeah there's a lot of good stuff out there at the moment 
I think when I was a teenager, comics were a really big thing. Mm-hmm. And then during the like late 80s, early 90s, early 2000s, they took a massive dip. And lot, you know, a lot of the independent shops almost went out of business. And the comic books always went out of business themselves. And, and now, probably to do with like the Hollywood kind of reboots... Um, and films and TV things, they're, they're, they're starting to on the rise again, and that, which means there's a massive influx of great independent comics at the moment. And I picked up um, two or three. I picked up Deadly Class, which who's, is who's really that by? good. Uh, this is uh, Reagan Youth. Okay. So it's... Um, uh, 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 we'll put some more information about this, but yeah. it's um, Image Comics, which uh, again the same becoming... guys who did Intersect. Yeah, well, they're becoming they're becoming like the like third biggest entity, really, next to DC and Marvel. So, all interesting stuff. Now, we were talking about Scroobius Pip and the podcast because of mm-hmm. the inter- now the thing that's been interesting for me is like because of listening to. There's a whole load of things that kind of come off this. So, for instance, the Kieran Gillian and Jamie McKenzie interview, which I listened to, right, um, which is a really interesting interview, um, and they're really interesting people in and of themselves. But because of that, they talked about some of their stuff. So I went out and bought um, The Wicked and The Divine, which I know mm-hmm. you haven't seen yet, have you? Uh, no, I haven't I, seen I it Amazoned yet. that one. Let's see, Arne, I've got, That's really I've got weird because honestly, you, you this, went... this, Arne, I'm just going to hold this up at the webcam so that you can see this. Look, look, there's the cover, Wicked and the Divine, but I'm just going to give you a quick squiz in this. Look at that. Can you see Very that? Nice. Yeah, it looks cool. It's a oh no, that's a really bad example. That was like a page <laughs> where it was just black and text on it. Well, it's it's really interesting because I I went out and got I got Uber, yeah, which is. Um, Story behind Uber, which is the same two guys. All oh, right, okay. And, yeah, so that... and the, the story behind Uber is just before Hitler kind of um, kills himself in the Second World War, uh, the Russians and Germans um, kind of invent superheroes through um, through scientific experimentation, and it's okay. uh, so it's like. Um, They've taken history and they've done a dimensional kind of jump on it. It's like, what would have happened if superheroes would have existed um, during the Second World War? Would it, you know, it would have been very different. And the superheroes in it are kind of almost like, what would have happened if there was an atom bomb during the Second World War? So, um, yeah, very, very different subject matter to the wicked and divine. Done by the same guys, absolutely incredible. So, I mean, we, is Uber something that you'd recommend? Oh, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel the same way about The Wicked and the Divine. I've just read the first trade um, called The Faust Act. And I mean, the basis of that is you've got a thing called the reoccurrence, which happens like uh, about once every sort of hundred years. And the gods are reincarnated into the bodies of kind of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they only live for two years, so they're only in this plane for two years, right? And then they die, and then they're reincarnated. So they're gonna—they're immortal, but in these two-year slots inside right. the bodies of these kind of you know people. But they become kind of like rock stars, 
Yeah. Um, and they're immensely badly behaved and just horrific. And there are kind of like the rules that they're supposed to obey, but they don't obey the rules. And they've all become like pop stars. And they've, they've, the pop stars, their events have become like religious experiences. But like that whole relationship between going to a concert and maybe the experience that maybe people had of like religious experiences, say in the Middle Ages or something. I don't know what it was like to have a religious experience in the Middle Ages, but I imagine, <laughs> um, I imagine it was a bit like going to see Motorhead live. Um, nice. Yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, which reminds me, um, I know this is a real tangent. Um, we must at some point in the future, not in this episode, have a conversation about our TV show called Beaters just for the, simply for the line in which Moby talks about fucking an octopus. Okay. But not today, because we're going to stay on the comic book things. So, yeah, so we've both been inspired by listening to the Scribius Pit podcast with Kieran Gillen and uh, Jamie uh, McAlvey to go out and buy their comics. Yeah. And the same with the Garth Ennis one. I would have bought Garth Ennis stuff anyway. Um, I'm just about to uh, delve into his... Um, uh, comic book series the called crossed and actually when i was in you know when i was in the bacon sandwich comic shop yeah which is how i'm referring to it now um when i was like when i was yodering out with um the young comic luke skywalker um <laughs> um crossed i actually bought an, an episode of Crossed because it looked interesting and it's definitely got that kind of garth ennis kind of preacher look to it on oh, i'll just give you a little squiz of that See, you do that. I can't do that. I can't buy issues. No, no. well, I bought an I'm issue, and then uh, a friend of mine, uh, IT Andy, who's like massively into his comics, guy I work yeah. with, who yeah. is really good on recommendations, he had um, a copy of The First Trade, which he hated, and he gave, right. he's given it to me, but I, I think I'm going to like it, actually. Um, it, it's like, it's a really sort of interesting, it's a, it's kind of a, it's a different take on a sort of zombie apocalypse kind of thing, where uh, the zombies, instead of just being sort of lumbering, slow, sort of um, uh, zombies, they, they turn into kind of like cannibalistic fuck monkeys. Well, all they want, right. all they want to do is kill stuff and fuck things. Now, the funny thing is, I was li- when I was listening to the Garth Ennis uh, interview with Scrooby's Pip, and he was talking about this, and this is not to run him down in any way, shape, or form. But you know, when you're listening to something and then it reminds you of something else, yeah. I was thinking, you know, the um, the Reavers from Firefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just really reminds me of the Reavers concept from Firefly because they're kind of like just sort of hedonistic, violent cannibalistic, rapey kind of zombie creatures. And it seems mm-hmm. to me that the crossed is a similar kind of concept. Yeah, yeah. Only without the kind of plucky spaceship stuff going on as well. So, I mean, but very kind of, very Garth It's got that kind of look of Preacher to it. Um, and obviously it's Garth Ennis. It's going to be amazing anyway. It's going to be really well written. Mm-hmm. But not everybody's loved it. Right, um, right. Because uh, the other... Um, podcast, the, the Scroobius Pit one with the Alan Moore one. Alan Moore was talking about when he read early versions of Cross, because he ended up doing some writing on Crossed as well. When he mm-hmm. first read it, he had to put it down because it was just kind of he, he actually passed on it to start off with. But he then said, well, you know, he decided that he was going to go back and have another go because he thought you know, what would it be in Garth and everything that it wouldn't be, there would be more to it than just like this like sort of like you know, kind of cascade of 
of you know rape and blood um <clears throat> and he did get back into it and he you know kind of came round on it so i mean i think that that's quite an interesting one uh and i think it'll split crowds um uh crossed like people will either love it or they'll absolutely detest it but definitely worth checking out yeah, but yeah. what who i really want to talk about because this actually will lead us away from comics and will lead us on to the possibly the the last thing of uh, of this show a little um one of us alan moore was talking about his comic stuff obviously but these days alan moore's more interested in his independent film stuff now I already yes. knew about this, and actually I think I introduced you to Jimmy's End, which was like um, one of Alan Moore's kind of sort of independent film projects. Did I? Yep, yep. Yeah, and that was like a while back. Well, he's mm. he's well into his filmmaking now, and he's done this series of things, and he's done some Kickstarter things. So what we'll do is we'll link out um, to uh, the YouTube channel that he's got that shows the trailers for all of these films. The other mm. thing is I'm going to see if I... There used to be um, an entire... All of Jimmy's End, which is one of the short films, um, available online for free. Um, I love it that he's so... Alan Moore's, like, so into doing film stuff at the moment. It's brilliant because, like, he kind of had all of his intellectual property kind of optioned away from him, really. Um, you know, Viva Vendetta, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, that's that's graphic novel material and it works well in that medium. Yeah, which is what he was talking about it. in the podcast. He was saying, like, yeah. when he writes comics, he writes them to be comics. He doesn't, he doesn't see them as, like, auditions for films. And he's, no. over the years, he's been massively vocal about how much he's hated every adaptation of anything he's ever done. Well, he's never seen any of it. Yeah, yeah, but but, you know. <laughs> but yeah, he's but anybody or people he trusts who have seen it and said, well, to be fair, anybody that's seen League of Extraordinary Gentlemen would agree it's an abortion of a film. So. <laughs> Not to be disrespectful to anybody involved in League of Extraordinary Gen- Gentlemen. All, we, all we're really <clears throat> saying no, is actually it's a bag of shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, and you know, there is a conversation we could have. I'm mean, again, probably not on this show about just like how bad some film ad- film adaptations of comic books, just how really fucking disappointing they can be. Mm. Um, but his independent film stuff is, I think, is really really interesting because um, it is not like any kind of stuff that you would. Well, I don't know. Would you expect it from Alan Moore? It's like properly, properly weird, but also sort of like really ordinary. I mean, the whole film, Jimmy's End in particular, takes place in a bar and it's just full of nice Alan Moore weirdness. Yeah. I just love it. I mean... Nostalgic. Alan Moore nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Like and, him and looking back and on he his appears. life and his teenage years and his, his childhood and... You know, plucking well, out those dark so, well, moments. I mean, the funny thing is, I mean, we grew up just down the road from Alan Moore. Because yeah. we both grew up in Northamptonshire as that well. That makes it sound like we went round his house for cups of yeah, tea. Yeah, no, we uh, wouldn't that have been a... Leak, leak, weak orange drink, but we didn't. I wish we were going I wish we had. That would have been amazing. I don't mm. think we would have turned out very much different how, from how we've turned mm. out, had that Probably been the not. case. But, yeah, so... Yeah. 
So that's like, which again brings me us back to the kind of independent film thing. So like, definitely check out all of Alan Moore's film stuff. You see, uh, I think he's running a Kickstarter at the moment, or he's very close to ending a Kickstarter. That'd be just finished. Has it just finished? Okay, well, we'll we'll link out to that anyway because that's always interesting. And in fact, at some point in the future, an episode in the future, I'd like to do a Kickstarter based episode as well because there's always interesting stuff on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for those of you not aware of what Kickstarter is, it's a way of crowdfunding projects that won't get commissioned in normal ways. So, like, loads of interesting mm-hmm. stuff has come out of Kickstarter. Um, but um, that takes us on to the next thing. So, okay, let's just round up. Um, buy comics, have a look at Ray Forks, <laughs> have a look at uh, uh, the uh, Divine and the Wicked, have a look at Uber. Um, we'll link out to all of this stuff, all of the other comics that we've kind of touched on in this. Go to comic shops, whether they smell of bacon or not. Go find, buy interesting comics. Um, and then listen to Scroobius l- Pip. Definitely listen to Scroobius Pip. Well, yeah, listen to his podcast. Um, go and listen to some of his music, and listen to a few people that are on his label as well. But he's got his great. He's got a great guy on his label called Warren Peace. Who I absolutely love. All oh, right, I, I haven't heard him, so I will definitely do angry, that. proper but, angry little boys shouting music. Oh, I like, like that. Yeah, but, really good. I really but like even if you piece. don't, even if the only thing that you do is listen to the Alan Moore interview, which we'll link out to the Garth Ennis interview that you link out to, and the Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey interviews, if you're into comics, these are the these are the best interviews I've heard with people like this ever. Um, and I just like I got so much and I got so excited about comics again just from listening to this stuff and thinking oh god yeah I loved all of this stuff and I just yeah. feel like I'm, it's just like going back to something and just going oh this is just the such an amazing brilliant world and you're right independent comics at the moment are just superb however um, the last thing I want to talk about because I mean there has to be I think one in every episode is um, Clive's arty um, science fiction short of the week. <laughs> so this wanky, wanky, wank of the week. Wank, wanky, wanky science fiction art film of the week. Uh, but I, I, I think I think we should just call it wanky, wanky, wank of the week. Yeah, I okay, like we can call it that. It's time for wanky, wanky, wank of the week. Right. So this one <laughs> again, I found it on short of the week. Um, and it's uh, again, it's in black and white. They're not all in black and white, by the way, but they are mainly in black and white. But this one is. This one is like white. this is in massive black and white. Uh, I was just wondering whether I've got no. I was about to get diverted, diverted into "It's Hard to Be God," which is three hours of Russian science fiction, all in black and white about a medieval village. But I'm not going to do that one. I don't. I don't think we've. Got well, time I don't think we've got that. time to get into that I one. Really, I don't think we have. We really, really don't. Um, Good. Yeah, we'll we'll do a whole special on Russian science fiction just to mess yeah. with you. I, yeah, I'm definitely on holiday that week. You're on holiday that week. <laughs> It'll just be me wanking on about black and white Russian science fiction for like four hours. but no the film that i do want to talk about and it's a short film but it's really delightful is voyage of the galactic space dangler which a is a brilliant title it is a very good title. it is a brilliant title and it's made by um now this is what this is like it's really in my territory artist uh installation artist 
and filmmaker Evan Mann, who I just love. We'll link out to his site. Such an interesting guy, doing such interesting stuff. And I think it is, it's a weird one. It's like if 2001 had been made by somebody with no budget and um, and was a contemporary video artist, installation <laughs> artist, then that, this is what it would look like. It's like it's a guy in a spacesuit in his spaceship, but it also links into a planet full of cavemen and then various other bits and pieces. It's I've, got, I've, I've seen it too as well. Okay, right. You, no, you, we... we, you talk, we uh, recommend stuff to each other and then we watch it over the week before we record so um you introduced me to this and um if if you listen to last week's my description of it is it's like david lynch <laughs> <laughs> has watched the mighty boosh once <laughs> and, and done his black and white rendition of it <laughs> No, it is. Like, no, um, it is. You know why that is? Okay. Now, this, okay. this too comes out to what I love about um, Evan Mann. There's two things that I really love. His main thing is about building stuff. Building stuff and making stuff. So, like, he makes all the costumes and also he does, like, uh, the spaceship he's made. Like, it's a model, but it's a real old-school Blue Peter model. Like, you know... Old... It's, it's, it is a little bit egg boxes painted white. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, spa- the space suit... Like the thing, and I, I know why it reminded you of the Mighty Boosh because the spacesuit that he wears, like the helmet, has got like a fur lining, like a parka. Yeah, maybe it, the whole thing's a bit. It is a bit. Ca- it, it has got that Mighty Boosh feel to it. You're absolutely right, and it is like, but it's funny and weird and nicely shot. But there's something that I really love about science fiction that's made with models in a CGI world. And it it still is something that just make I just get more enjoyment. It, um, I'm going to bring this. It's an odd segue, but if if you watch the if you watch Red Dwarf, um, the British um, TV science fiction comedy thing, the early series of Red Dwarf, all of the shots of the spaceships and Starbug and all of those things were done with models, um, yeah. and they were crafted and shot and lit and all of these things. And then about, I can't remember which series was, it's like something like series six or seven or something like that. They went CGI. They went into very early days of CGI and it just looks like shit in comparison. It looks like dog shit. And again, this actually, this is a really good um, kind of callback to the Alan Moore interview with the Scroobius Pet one because he talks about just how shit CGI is. And it, even though it has allowed wonderful things to happen, I still find it less satisfying than something that's done using kind of practical, real-life effects. It's, it's, I mean, you don't have... To, yeah. I mean, um, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Yeah. You know, Michelle Gondry proves that you don't need to have CGI and a lot of post-production to create absolutely incredible visuals in cinema. Do you know, actually, I am so fucked off that you managed to get Michel Gondry into this conversation before me. 
<laughs> but it's, it does also have a Michelle Gondry yeah, yeah, yeah. to it. It's got that kind of DIY in. I really thought I had the lock on all things French and filmic. You bastard! Yeah. That's that's I've, hilarious. I've got, I've got my um, I Spy book of wanky French art cool um things you can say in a podcast book with me yeah yeah right. yeah okay okay and that's... it's page one yeah um, but when when it all gets arty and wanky just drop a michelle gondry quote okay yeah. right okay so voyage of the galactic space stangler do you like it though i love it it's, yeah it's I like really it's a, and it's it. like it's really easy it's not like it's i mean the one that we talked about last week the eddie alzar fuck you film that's hard work not in a horrid yeah. way it's just intense and a bit full-on but this yeah. is just like nice, frothy science fiction with models and some nice jokes in it. The bit where he extends his arm down into the underworld and goes up and yeah, just think. And then it's, the it's natives cartoony. put a rock on it and he can't get it out. And that, for me, that was just kind of... Oh, massive spoiler there. Sorry, the yeah. Big, I know. big spoiler of the whole bit. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But, but it is funny. It is, it, it is, is funny. It's well worth watching. But also, and that brings me round to... Um, where we watched it, like short of the week, you kind of introduced me to this by asking me to watch stuff for this podcast. Yeah. So I had a little noodle around on there yesterday after watching um, Voyage, Voyage of the Galactic Space. Yeah, Tumblr, yeah. Um, and came across something absolutely incredible, which just blew my mind. Oh, okay. Um, it's a short, 15-minute uh, short by, um, I'm going to get to say this right, Neil Biocamp. Blomkamp. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> him, and it's called Tempbot. I haven't seen now, this one. Right, okay. In fact, I'm... You haven't, or you have? Have I? I don't no, know. No, I definitely, no, I definitely haven't. Okay, hold on. I'll... Right, to, just to give you some reference, um, Neil Blomkamp uh, is the guy who did District 9. Um, oh, no, Asylum. I love him. And, Cha- and he did Chappie as well, which was out Again, like was last like, year, oh, he does really classy science seat. fiction. I loved it. If you can hear really? mouse sounds, what's happening... Uh, like, he's Googling is like What I'm doing is like literally um, copying and pasting um, links into a browser so that I can check out his IMDB page. So it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Oh, and it's going to... Oh, it's, oh, that's, oh no, what? that's completely the wrong one. What am I doing? Right, while well, you're, well, you're... Whilst I'm... Not using Google very well. I'll explain. Ten bots like fifteen. How do computers short. work? And <laughs> I'm and, fifty. Um, he made it in two thousand and six, okay. and it's a story of um, a robot being a temp in just an ordinary office. So it's a bit like The Office. Yeah, and it's it's filmed in a real eighties style, and it looks eighties, but the robot in it is. Pretty much chappy. You can see where he got the visual idea. Oh right, for so it's almost like it's a, from this It's like a tryout for chappy. Like I think so. I'm not sure whether. Yeah, he made it and said, "Look, look at this. This is how realistic we can make robots look, and this is the, how we're going to do it." Is it CGI and then? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like we're now um, we're now contradicting ourselves and go go and watch this cool CGI thing. Yeah, but the only CGI thing in it is the robot. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that is a good way to do robots. Because I think, like, it's much... Although I like robots made out of cardboard myself is my favourite kind of science fiction robot. But there you go. Um, are you are you you're going to talk about craft work now? No, no, I'm, oh, I genuinely wasn't, but thank you. <laughs> 
You, you might as well say uh, well, it no, now, yeah, we're, yeah, well, that's kind of like, that's the music episode blown. Now, honestly, my favourite thing in oh, the last yeah. couple of weeks, it, it's kind of something, like there's um, uh, a teacher in Germany who forced all her seven or eight-year-old kids to dress up in cardboard robot suits and then do We Are the Robots from Craftwork. <laughs> and it just it just makes me laugh like a gassed badger. It just it's really it good. is really it's really, really like immensely um, funny, really funny, really sweet. Um, you can find that on YouTube. That's just like that's that's like a nice you know entertaining two or three minutes if you're into craft work and everybody is or should be. Um, I was just looking at... um... I mean, but basically, I mean, I found something really interesting by a director who I already really loved. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of of fits the jigsaw pieces of how he... A journey to how he got to another film. Yeah. Just by noodling around. No, and Short of the Week is amazing. And I hadn't seen that either. I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, I was was just looking at uh, Neil... Neil, because he's got too many L's in it. I said, no, he's got the right amount. Of, he's got exactly the right amount. He's got the letters he needs. I just had a dyslexic moment with his na- name. You've got too many L's in You've your name. N- no, I don't. I Neil, the right you've got too many L's in your name. Uh, Blomkamp. Blomkamp. We've pronounced it six different times now. That fella, the, the District 9 guy. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah him. So he's good. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, what was I going to say about him? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. I know I'm reading his IMDb page, <laughs> and he's got credits for Stargate SG. What? What the fuck is that? What was he? Yeah, yes. What, what yes, was he? What was he, he in? Oh no, no. He, what, what did he? He wasn't a producer on it. Direct was he, did he direct that? No, it's not in his director credits. Be visual effects. Oh yeah, he was the th- he was a three D animator on um, SG One. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting, isn't it? Googling stuff and reading stuff out. Yeah, welcome to googling stuff and reading stuff out. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. So, but I mean, that's where that that website. No, that no, that, that is genuinely interesting. interesting. No, that's yeah, that's a good find. But that's a really good site, short of the week. I know we, we'll probably end up like going out to short of the week almost every week because there's always good stuff on there, and there's always mm-hmm. kind of like interesting stuff. So what do you want to do? Do you want to wrap it up here, or do you want to do one more thing? How long are we in? i got I no idea how long in we are. You, you... Oh, it's, it's, it's around about the hour mark, I would have thought. Let's do one more I'll thing. I'll tell you what, let, well, like, let's if, not... If we don't do one more thing... Because I've got no, two more things on the really list, amazing. and one of them I would rather do in another show. Um, um, because it's... Oh, see, like, which one are you going to do? Well, because, like, the other one... Because one I want to talk about quite a lot. Because there's a lot to talk about. Well, I could. Well, the thing is, like, I could. T- and um, one's really easy. Right. Are you thinking Kung Fury is the easy one? Yes. I tell you what, we'll do the. We'll talk Kung Fury then. Okay. Yeah. So, do that. I, it's good. I introduced you to this one, although you'd already heard of it, hadn't you? Yeah, and I think most people out there probably might have heard it if they haven't seen it. Yeah, which is the reason they, we're doing it. They're, they're aware of the trailer for the Kickstarter that started it off because it, it went hugely viral. Right, so like Kung Fury, if you haven't heard of it before, and again, there'll be a link out. If you, what, you can watch it on iCast, there'll be a thing up now and there'll be a link out to it. If you're listening on iTunes, you can find the links on uh, our Facebook page or any of the other social networking things that we do. Uh, but it is a 1980s sci-fi spoof, and it runs at about, what is it, 20 minutes, something like that? 
That's, yeah, it's about 20 Yeah, it's not a full feature film. It is, but it is, it, I, it's really funny, but it is kind of a piss take of all of the films I've ever loved. Yeah. You know, it's like if I think about like action sci-fi from the 1980s, which is, this is massively taking the piss out of. I mean, really, really parodying the arse out of. Um, and I mean, the basic idea is you've got a uh, cop whose partner is killed by a kung fu master who is then hit by lightning or something, and then he's transformed into a kung fu master. Uh, and then he fights. <laughs> Just sitting here. He fights. Thinking, how, how are you going to do plot on that? You can't talk about I plot. I can't talk about plot, but I mean, basically. Well, you can, because, well, I don't know. It, well, let's just say it has Hitler in it. <laughs> <laughs> it do, and do you know who plays Hitler? No. It? Is it Hitler? It's, that would be the clue. No, it's, jo- it's Jonah... Is it Tanko? Is he one of the Jonas Tacone? Brothers? No, no, it's one of the guys from Lonely Island. Oh, right, okay. You know Lonely Island, the guys who video guys have kind of taken over on the viral front and comedians. It's one of them. Oh, right, okay. Well, anyway, look, the thing about it is it, it's a spoof and it is funny and it is worth watching. But what it, the thing about it is what it makes me think about is John Carpenter. And I love John Carpenter. Yes. So if you think it like yeah, yeah. you think 1980s sci-fi action films, then I immediately think John Carpenter. I think um, Big Trouble in Little China. I think yeah. um, Escape from New York. Uh-huh. Um, and on a more serious front, I think like his version of The Thing, which I still think is one of the best sci-fi horror films ever made. And it's just kind of that whole John Carpenter thing about. Uh, wrote the film, directed the film, made the music for the film, that whole... <laughs> <laughs> write, write the theme tune, sing the yeah, theme all film. of that kind of thing, uh, that whole kind of... Jo- but there's a John Carpenter vibe, which even John Carpenter sends up in his own films. Because, I mean, like, um, uh, Big Trouble in Little China is one of my favourite films of all time, but that's, uh, he is definitely parodying his earlier work. And obviously, the yeah. thing about those films is, like, Kurt Russell is in all of them. It's great. I'm just sorry. While you were talking, I'm reading. You know, on IMDb, it's got um, plot keywords. Yeah. There's 129 plot keywords for what, this for film. Kung, Kung Fury. Kung Fu Fury. Well, the, the, the thing is, and that's because it does it does parody so much stuff. Because it's also kind of kind of takes the piss out of RoboCop, and it kind of uh, takes the piss out of kind of other things as well. Um, There's some great ones in it. Right? Key, key plot words here: wearing sunglasses at night, <laughs> <laughs> female bodybuilder. Uh-huh. What's we got? Uh, I used to buy a female bodybuilder magazine in the 1980s, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> No other, well, no other wank material. Works. No, no, it wasn't for that. It genuinely <laughs> wasn't. It, that, it's not my type. It was more to do with the fact that I was. Oh, anyway, that's a no. I don't want to have that conversation. Anyway, yeah, yeah. But um, that but the story behind this whole thing. I think we should, we should also we haven't gone back to. It is a was it Swedish or I can't remember where he's from. The director David Sandberg. He's he was doing commercials and music videos. 
and gave up his job to do this. Yeah, and he and they raised a load of money on Kickstarter to do it. Yeah, it, he he basically moved back in with his parents and spent all of his money to make the trailer, which um, which he used for his Kickstarter and put it on Reddit. Um, and yeah, it's a really good uh, Comic Con video of him on YouTube and the rest of the cast. But the most interesting stuff is him talking about how he basically gave up his job, made the trailer, and um, shot himself, basically, for about 24 hours yeah, yeah. before it went absolutely mental viral and he raised the money to make and it. And it's really well made as well. I mean, it is. I mean, OK, it is green screen, and it had to be because of some of the stuff. Because there's a real... One of my favourite bits in it is there's a... And it, I, yeah, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm not, not a plot spoiler, but it's more kind of... There's a sequence in it where basically there's a fight between him and loads of baddies, but it's done in the style of an arcade game. And this is yeah. this is before Scott Pilgrim kind of did that, you know, the old kind of Edgar Wright thing. It, it, it it's done in, in it's. Re- I mean, I I would have thought that this is the kind of thing that Edgar Wright would enjoy, because it's mm. got that it has got that kind of like vibe to it. It has got that kind of Scott Pilgrimy vibe to it, and it's like it is. If you haven't seen it, it is well worth uh, watching. But the other thing that this one brings up for me uh, is. Because obviously, um, and I know that I've brought, I've already brought, I've already blown this, but Hitler does appear in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of brings me round to Iron Sky, which I'm not sure that everyone has seen either. Although that's on either Netflix or Amazon now, that's fairly easy to get at. But when I uh, used to hang out in like European film festivals, like acting like I was more important than I actually am. Um, yeah which is kind of like a hobby that I had for about six or seven years, like hanging out at the Cannes Film Festival, like smoking massive cigars and pretending that, you know, stuff was going to happen as a result of doing that rather than actually going and doing some real work. Um, the um, There was like a group of guys, uh, just every year I'd either run, into, I'd either run into them in independent film forums online banging on about this film or they'd run into them at... Um, uh, film festivals kind of touting this thing and it went on for years and years and years and years it was like the Iron Sky guys and the basic concept of Iron Sky is that like Nazis live on the moon and have flying saucers mm-hmm. uh, and actually that's all you need to know about it and it's a really nice film and I'm really glad they made it and it's like CGI flying sorts of Nazis it's got that real kind of sci-fi B-movie thing to it and it's just like really worth having a go. Have you seen Iron Sky? I'm not sure whether you have or not. I haven't. No. Okay. No, no. Well, that's good because you introduced me to the. Uh, you dropped the uh, uh, tempbot thing on me, which tempbot. I'm definitely going to yeah. watch. Um, I think I'm getting the the kind of better deal on that because it was a couple of minutes. That one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Fifteen. Yeah, Iron minutes. Sky is a full feature. Awesome. Awesome. So like that. Yeah. But Iron Sky, that's definitely worth checking out as well. So I'm just like running through what we've kind of talked about because we've talked about loads of stuff. Um, what have we talked about? We've talked about um, uh, about whether uh, bacon and comics mix. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But as a result of that, we talked about um, Ray Fawkes' um, Intersect, which is dead interesting, mm-hmm. del- definitely worth having a look at if you're into the artier end of comics. We talked about um, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey's Uber and also the, the Divine and the Wicked. 
Uh, we talked about yeah, yeah, and about loads of comics about falling back in love with comics yeah, about again falling back in love with comics. We talked about Garth Ennis's uh, Crossed, which is like quite interesting. We talked about Alan Moore's independent films as well, but yeah. that was all wrapped up in uh, listening to Scroobius Pip's podcast, specifically distraction pieces. Yeah, distraction pieces by Scroobius Pip. Again, um, not the easiest thing in the world for a dyslexic to Google, by the way, Scroobius Pip. <laughs> that took a little bit of messing around with to get that one sorted out. It, the autocorrect on the spelling didn't help me a lot on that one, but I got there in the end. We will link out to that. You can find it on the Facebook. You can find it on the ACAST thing as well. Um, and Alan Moore's films. And then we talked about Voyage of the Galactic Space Stangler, which we both love. Tempot and then Tempot and yeah, and, sure, and then, the week in general. And then as a result of that, Iron Sky. That's a fairly that that would keep and Kung, Kung oh, and Fury, Kung Fury as, well. as well. That would keep me going for a couple of days. Yeah. yeah so should we wrap the show up here then? Okay, yeah, that's well, cool. Um, cool. In that case, like you know, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, there'll be a little section at the end that explains um, how to get in touch with us via social media. This show will work better the more you come back to us and say, oh, yeah, well, I found this little obscure thing here or I found this or I found that. So um, stay in touch and we'll see you on the next show. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to this show. And now uh, just a quick chat about how you can communicate with us. So this show works best if, um, if we hear from you, if you've got any great stuff that you want us to hear about or any comments about the show or you just want to chat with us about what you've heard, get in touch and I'm going to give you a couple of ways in which we can do that. The first thing is um, we're distributed by Acast who are just a wonderful distribution company and um, if you download their app for your phone you get all of the links and other rich sort of content that we can add in directly onto your phone as you're listening so like links out to other stuff and it's all really really good and we highly recommend that people use the Acast app for listening to us but I mean if you want to use iTunes instead that's good for us too um if you want to uh, find links to ever anything that we've discussed in this show then there are a few ways we can do that. Uh, one of which is we've got a Facebook page called NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. You should be able to get that by searching uh, for NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. Uh, we are also on Twitter. Uh, we are at NVSFpod. Um, so uh, hit us up, join us on Twitter, join us on Facebook. And um, finally, if you just want the information and not an answer big on the social side, uh, I've also got a Pinterest page with all of the links for stuff that shows up in the show. Um, the best way to find that is to do a search for me. Uh, my name is Clive Frayne, spelled F-R-A-Y-N-E. And one of my uh, boards is called uh, NVSF, New Voices of Science Fiction. And just follow that board and then you will get anything, any new links that we find that we add in, you'll find there. So, do it. Stay in touch, communicate with us, make the show richer and better by joining this little community. 
and uh, look forward to speaking to you soon.